Hello, everyone. Welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you've joined me today, and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I've been conducting a series over the last many weeks on the subject of prayer, and we started the series uh, talking about prayer lessons that we learned from Jesus. And then uh, over the last many weeks, I've been talking about the different kinds of prayer, and I finished that last week. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the prayers of Jesus, the prayers of Jesus. Now, uh, as I just said, many weeks ago when I started this series, uh, we looked at prayer lessons that we learned from Jesus. But what I want to do today is I want to look at what Jesus actually said to the Heavenly Father when he prayed. You know, over the many years of pastoring uh, Summit Christian Church, so many people have asked me, they, they've, they've said, you know, Pastor Terry, when I pray, what should I say to God or how should I talk to God, you know? And, and so many people, you know, think that when they, they talk to God, they have to start speaking Elizabethan English, you know, like the King James Version of the Bible is written in, you know. And, uh, but, 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 you know, people want to know, you know, so many of them have asked me, well, what do I say when I talk to God? What, you know, and so what I want to do today is go in to the, the gospel accounts and uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and look in there and see what Jesus actually said when he, when he prayed to the Heavenly Father. So several weeks ago, talked to you about lessons we learned from Jesus at prayer. Now today, what I want to do is look at what he actually said, what the Bible, you know, what the, the, the gospel accounts give us, record for us, as to what Jesus actually said when he prayed or what he, and in fact, we're going to start off here with the Lord, what's known as the Lord's Prayer. And, and here's how he, and he gave this during the Sermon on the Mount, uh, when he preached that Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, he, he, he gave his, his, uh, followers, uh, some instructions on to, as to what to say to the Heavenly Father when you pray. So let's start off with that. Look at the Lord's Prayer, what we can learn from what is known as the Lord's Prayer uh, and what he instructed us to say to the Heavenly Father. And then we'll, after that, we'll look at some other, uh, the rest of what Jesus, you know, when he prayed to the Father, what he actually said, and just see what we can glean from it. So let's do that. Go to Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew 6, verse 9, and again, this is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, and he said this, he said to his disciples there, he said, in this manner, therefore pray. In this manner, therefore pray. So <laughs> he's telling us when we pray, you know, this, this is a good, we need to follow this structure or use this as, a, as an outline or a guide. He says uh, to us, he says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So what I take away from this is that we should approach God as not only as God, but as our Father, our Heavenly Father, and we should show Him reverence and respect, and certainly reverence and respect for His name. Uh, 
And then in verse 10, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the second thing that we should be uh, uh, you know, dealing with in our prayers to the heavenly father would be praying concerning his will for our life and talking to him about that, his will for our life. We want his will to be done in our life and and praying concerning that his will uh, would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he says uh, in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. So we should be praying and talking to the heavenly father about our daily provision, about daily provision. And then in verse 12, he says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So when we pray and talk to the Heavenly Father, and that's what prayer is, it's talking to the Heavenly Father, that we should, uh, he says, you know, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So, so in this manner, he said to pray. So we need to, in our prayers, uh, be sure that we include uh, forgiveness, for ourselves, you know, and, and that we talk to the father and, and ask him to forgive us as we would miss it in our daily walk. And we all do. We just, we just do. We don't have to. Somebody said, well, you have to sin a little bit every day. No, you don't, but we are still human beings and we miss it. When we miss it, we need to, you know, ask God to forgive us with a repentant heart. And, uh, and that's very clearly stated in the New Testament in other places like 1 John 1, 9, you know, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, God's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as we, as, you know, in our prayer life, as we pray, we should, we should, uh, certainly ask God to forgive us as we would miss it here and there. You know, not living a life. I'm not talking about living a lifestyle of sin and sin, you know, sin all day and then just ask him to forgive you at night. No, no. <laughs> you know, you walk with the Lord and, 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 you know, walk in righteousness and holiness, but we all miss it here and there. And when we do repent, and ask him to forgive you and he will. And then he said, as we forgive our debtors, we must remember that we have to forgive others. And we should re remember that in our prayers that we, forgive others, you know, that we forgive others because it's very clear that if we won't forgive others and Jesus made it very clear that if we won't forgive others, then our heavenly father won't forgive us. So we need to remember that as we pray. And then uh, in verse 13, he said, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So from this, we should be, we should, we should take away from this that we should pray concerning our protection. Pray concerning our protection. And, uh, and also then, uh, give all the glory for everything that's done in our lives to God. Give God all, all the glory for everything good that's said and done. So then this right here, we're talking about what Jesus you know, what, what did he say when he prayed? And, and we'll get into that more here, as I said in a moment, but, but I, I just thought that this would be good to start with here today because it, it helps people 
Because like I said, many people have asked me, Pastor Terry, what should I say when I pray to God? Well, here's a good outline for you. Here's, here's a real good place to start. You know, these, these different points here that I just mentioned to you. And, and that's a real good place to start when, when, when you, you know, when you're, when you're talking to the Heavenly Father. And not only is it a good place to start, but it's a real good place to stay and live. You know, right in the, right in the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, that, that's an excellent outline and that will help you, uh, if you're out there and you're struggling and you just don't know how, I want to talk to God. I just don't know what to say. Well, you know, and you know, you learn this, you should learn this, you shouldn't know this, be getting this from this series that I've been teaching is that, you know, you, you talk to God like, you talk to Him like you would, you know, your, 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 your natural father or your, or your mother or, or a trusted, respected friend. You, you know, like I said, you don't have to start speaking Elizabethan English, you know, oh, thou greatest thou, thus thee thou and all that, you know, that, that doesn't impress God. Jesus didn't, he didn't speak Elizabethan English like in the new, like in the King James Version. There's a lot of people think that Jesus spoke him and his, and the disciples, you know, Peter, James, and John, and Paul, and all those, that a lot of people think they spoke Elizabethan English right out of the King James. Well, the King James wasn't even written when they were here on the earth, you know. So, but some people, they get all quote unquote religious when they start praying and talking to God and and to think they have to use Elizabethan English for him to you know for them to be to, to, to for God to hear him and so forth I think you get what I'm saying talk to God like I mean he's your heavenly father if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible says that we're all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus now see if you don't have faith in Christ Jesus you're not a child of God. The Bible says you're a child of the devil. Jesus said that himself. But if you've repented of your sins and you've placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then then you're a child of God and then you talk to God. He's your heavenly father. You talk to him like you would your your natural father that you love and respect. And you don't have to use Elizabethan English when you talk to God, okay? And um <laughs> I have to say this. I saw an old episode of Bonanza. You know, remember with Ben Cartwright and 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 Hoss and Little Joe, and I, it was a series I think from back in the fifties, the Western. And the first couple of series, I was sitting there watching it one day, and and I watched it later on. As you know, I, I didn't see any of the original episodes, but one day they had on the original episode. <laughs> And, and Ben Cartwright was out there. He was out there with Hoss and his, his, one of his sons and Adam, one of his other sons, little Joe. They were out there looking over to Ponderosa. That was the land that they lived on. And, and they started speaking Elizabethan English to one another. And I'm sitting there in my chair and I thought, you know, what in the world are they doing there? <laughs> speaking Elizabethan English. And then I, I studied into it and I, I found out that the very first couple of episodes of Bonanza... They did that in Elizabethan English. And if you know anything about the Cartwrights, like, can you imagine watching, I sit there watching Hoss <laughs> speak Elizabethan English, you know. <laughs> he said, Paul, thou hast verily thus, he said, I think he said something, query of many men, wouldest likest to take us the Ponderosa wayeth from us. 
And I was like, oh. but you see, a lot of people think they have to start talking like that, and then they change that fairly quickly. I'm, otherwise, the series wouldn't have went on as long as it did. But Haas, he's Haas talking, talking Elizabethan English. But anyway, very funny. But particularly if you know anything about Bonanza. But there you have. There you have it, though. See, so many people think you have to speak Elizabethan English. No, just talk to the Lord. Talk to God like you would a trusted friend. And and if you're a child of God, talk to him. He's your heavenly father. You don't have to use Elizabethan English, you you know, and get all religious. Just talk to him. And uh, here's a good uh, outline here, what's known as the Lord's Prayer of, 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 you know, uh, approach God as your father, reverence and respect him. Pray concerning the will. Ask him, Father, Heavenly Father, what is what is your will for my life? Now, I'll tell you this. A lot of times people pray and ask God for things. For, for They ask him questions. Now, listen carefully. This will help you. And I, because I've done this myself. A lot of times people will ask God for answers to things that he has already given them in the written word in the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. So, you know... If, if, if you know, read the Bible, study the Bible, okay, and and you go in there and you can you, and read read the Bible and study it and apply it to your life. Like, oh God, what's the what is your will for my life now? Well, you know, to well, the God's will for anybody's life is to be saved, to be born again, and 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 to walk in love and forgiveness and see all those things. You don't have to ask God for for Him to communicate with you. You know. And speak to your heart. You can go in the Bible and read that. But like, you know, if you if you need to know, you know, what is God's will for your life? Like, like if you're getting ready to graduate from high school and where where you should go to college, well, then ask Him that. You know, Heavenly Father, what where, where would you want me? What would be the perfect will for your life as to which college I should go to? Ask Him that. Ask Him in faith, and then He. You know, <laughs> 99.99% chance he's not going to answer you with an audible voice. But I tell you what, he can and will speak to you through uh, the, the what's known as the inward witness or the still small voice on the inside or through peace versus no peace. And there's other ways that God will get back to you. He could use an audible voice. He typically doesn't. But if you'll just talk to him, he'll respond to you. He really will. And, uh, and, and see, prayer is a two-way communication between us and the Father. So many times people get to go into prayer and they do all the talking and they talk to God for, you know, however long and they get done with that prayer time and then they walk away from the prayer closet or wherever it is they was praying and say, you know, God didn't, God didn't say anything to me. Well, did you ever think it's maybe because you did all the talking? <laughs> he gave us two ears and one mouth. Why don't we do twice as much listening as we do talking? And, and some of the best times I've had in prayer, I hadn't said a word. I just sat there and waited on the Lord to listen for him to, to speak to my heart. Absolutely. So, but anyway, just ask him what his will is for your life. Like, you know, which house to buy or what car to buy or these sorts of things that you can't go to the written word and find out verbatim. You understand. But, uh, and then, and for daily provision and, and forgiveness and protection and giving God all the glory. So anyway, I think I've made myself clear as to this is a good starting point, the Lord's Prayer. Now, go to Luke, uh, Luke the 10th uh, chapter. Now let's get more into exactly what Jesus himself said when he prayed to the Heavenly Father. Now look here at Luke 10, verse 21. Uh, he, it says, in that hour, Luke 10, 21, 
Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, now this was after the 72 disciples uh, uh, had, or the, 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 70, the, the 70 had been sent out. Uh, it was not, not when he had sent the 12 out, but the, 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 I said 72. I think the 70, whatever. It might have been a typo in my notes there. But anyway, he sent, I think it was the 70. He sent a big group of, he sent a big group of disciples out to minister. <laughs> it might have been a typo in my notes anyway. But he sent, he sent a bunch of them out. And uh, they came back and, uh, uh, you know, they were all excited about what had happened as they were out ministering in his name. And notice in Luke 10, 21, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, now, now again, what this, this, what this message is all about. What did Jesus say when he prayed? Here's what he said. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Now we know Jesus is the Lord, but you know, the Lord is, is, there's one God manifest in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the second member of the Trinity. But when he says Lord, he's ref though he is the Lord, he's referring to the Heavenly Father, okay? He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. So he's talking to his Father. And just and he's Jesus is our example. So when we see him, the way he prays, we ought to do similar, okay? Absolutely, he's our example. And what he's doing here. Remember those kinds of prayer that, that I taught you over the last many weeks? He's praying the prayer of thanksgiving right here. He's praying the prayer of thanksgiving. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. So he's talking about his disciples there. They weren't, you know, highly educated men and that sort of thing, but God revealed things to him. That's what he he's, he's excited about there. But what I'm trying to get across to you here is he praised the prayer of thanksgiving. And what did he say? I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Now, he didn't use any Elizabethan English there. Now, maybe, maybe if you read it in the King James, you get, well, I guess he was speaking Greek, wasn't he? Wasn't it, wasn't Jesus, I think he spoke Greek, if I'm not mistaken. So, but you get what I'm trying to say. He talked to the heavenly Father, just like you would talk to your, to your, to your, dad that you respect or, or a trusted friend. He didn't go into a bunch of religious jibber jabber is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. And a lot of people think you have to go into religious jibber jabber when you talk to God. Oh, thou greatest, thouest, thusest, you know, we, we, we don't have to do that to show honor and respect to God. Just, oh, heavenly father, I love you. I bless you. I praise you. I thank you. See, what am I doing? That's an example of talking to God. That's a prayer of thanksgiving. And you know, Jesus, one of the one of the prayers that, from what I see, he prayed most often was a prayer of thanksgiving. I mean, he he did. And then and look right here at John 11. Let's go over to John 11 when he was at the uh, 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 tomb of Lazarus. Now, it's interesting as you study Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's not as many instances as you might think of where the Bible records for us exactly what Jesus said when he prayed. Okay, there's not as many as one might think. The Bible does give us some things that he said, okay, but not as many as one might think. But here in John 11, verse 41, this was at Lazarus's tomb right before Jesus raised him from the dead. And notice, then they, John eleven forty one. they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, now what did he say? Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Prayer of thanksgiving. He just simply thanked the heavenly father, his heavenly father, 
you're in my heavenly father if we have faith in Jesus. He simply said, Father, I thank you. Now, that's not hard, is it? Not real religious, is it? And uh, we need to take all the you know, spooky dooky stuff. We need to take that out of our thinking as it pertains to prayer. It's just talking to God. He said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people that are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So much we could say here, but let me just put it to you like this. He prayed the prayer of thanksgiving. He just said simply, Father, I thank you. And by the way, uh, when Jesus prayed what we have a record of, other than in John 17, where we're headed here in just a moment, the prayers that the Bible gives us that he prayed where we actually hear what he said, they're not, they're not long and drawn out. You know, I think sometimes folks think they have to pray long, drawn out prayers. You know, Jesus, he said, I be, uh, he warned the disciples, I think it was in the Sermon on the Mount, I believe is where it was. He said that a lot of people think that they'll be heard by the Heavenly Father for their much speaking. <laughs> but, you know, long, long, long prayers, great oratory skills, long drawn out prayers does not impress the Heavenly Father. <laughs> simply praying in the name of Jesus in faith <laughs> is we'll get we'll get the job done and uh you know don't have doesn't have to be long drawn out prayers a lot of people think they'll be heard for their much speaking but uh, <laughs> what are the what are the best prayers i've ever heard is lord help i mean that if you pray that in faith in jesus name i tell you what that can go a lot further than making you know i've already seen people come to prayer meetings and i guess i'm not putting this down but they'll come it's good to have a list of things and and we need to have lists and have goals and pray concerning them don't misunderstand me i'm not but i've seen people come with you know lists of things <laughs> they, they they'll go on for almost an hour you know and with the thousand and the Elizabethan English and they get done and, and praying, you know, and it, they don't ever get any answers to it. They'd have been better off going, going in there and say, Lord, help, just help. You know, <laughs> you, I think you get what I'm saying. No, we need, to, we, you can make a list and, 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 and my wife and I, we've done that. We you pray and believe for God, believe God for things on that list and talk to him about things on your list. I'm not putting that down, but I think you get what I'm saying. Just praying long prayers in Elizabethan English. <laughs> that are done in doubt and unbelief and not going to get you anywhere. Just talk to the Heavenly Father, just like I'm talking to you, you know. Uh, just talk and be yourself and talk to Him. And and if you pray and, and you have a right heart and believe, you know, right heart toward Him, the Bible says if we regard sin in our heart, He won't hear us. But if we'll just, you know, live upright and walk before Him and go and talk to Him, He'll listen to us, He'll hear us, and He'll respond. He really will. But anyway, but what I want to say here, Jesus in his prayers, these two that we've seen here in Luke 10 and John 11, prayers of thanksgiving. Jesus was thankful to his heavenly father. Now, notice here in Matthew, the 14th chapter in the 19th verse, let's notice here when Jesus prays over the loaves and the fish. Remember when he multiplied the loaves and the fish? And we'll just look at, at the one account here, Matthew 14, 19. Let's look at this. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He looked up to heaven. Why did he do that? Because that's where the heavenly father is. He looked up to heaven. 
So, you know, a lot of people think you have to bow your head. Well, you can bow your head. You could do that. Jesus looked up to heaven. I mean, you could look up to heaven, bow your head. I do. I mean, but he looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. And of course, the food was multiplied and everybody was fed and there were basketfuls left over and all that. But what did Jesus say? Now, the Bible does not record for us what he actually said, but I studied into this a little bit because I, I was just interested in preparing this message. I was interested in what, what did Jesus actually say? Well, I knew from reading the Bible many times over the years that the Bible did, doesn't record his exact words, so we don't know for sure what he said, but I studied into what uh, 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 you know, Jewish rabbis and, and the Jewish people would pray over their food. And so while I'm not dogmatic about this, but this is what he probably prayed. He probably, as he, as he had the loaves and the fish there and he, he looked up to heaven, he probably said this, blessed are you, Lord our God, speaking to the heavenly father now, blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who creates the fruit of the ground. That's probably what he prayed, and that's probably all he said, because that's what Jewish rabbis and, and others, you know, J Jewish folk would pray over their food. <laughs> At least that's what I found as I studied into this. Not a real long, drawn-out prayer. It's not what I learned in Romper Room, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. But you know what? That one, that prayer will go a long way if you pray in faith, because think of it, God is great. God is good and let us thank him for our food. That's a good prayer. I learned that from Miss Lois on Romper Room when I used to watch her as a kid on Romper Room and I liked it at the end when she looking at Mary, you know, and she waved all the kids out in television land. One day she actually said, and I see Terry and I just about jumped. <laughs> How did she know I was watching? Anyway, but you know, God is great. He is. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Now, what's wrong with that? And just, I'd, I'd tack on in Jesus' name. Other than that, that's a good prayer, right? Put Jesus' name on in there. You know, you know, when people pray, I, I always, I'm listening, you know, when people pray publicly. One thing I listen for is how they end their prayer. And I'm listening for that name, that name of Jesus. You know, there's something about that name. And a lot of people don't want to use that name. But I tell you what, if we don't pray in the name of Jesus, I've taught you in this series, we need to ask the Father and pray to him in the name of Jesus. One preacher said the name of Jesus is the prayer that unlocks heaven, or the name, let me say it right, one preacher said Jesus is the name that unlocks heaven. I like that. A lot of people, when they pray, they don't want to end it in the name of Jesus. If you watch some of the old television specials and things that come on, you know, and, and the different television shows, even from back in the 50s and 60s. Now, sometimes you might hear them close a prayer in the name of, of our Lord or in the name of the Lord. They'll seldom use the name of Jesus. There's just something about that name, isn't there? But I tell you what. Uh, you've seldom hear people pray in the name of Jesus, particularly on television. <laughs> There's something about that name. But I tell you what, I pray in the name of Jesus and you should too. But, uh, but he probably said over that food when he multiplied the loaves and the fish, blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe who creates the fruit of the ground. That's probably all he said. And glory to God, he said that in faith and whew, you had the multiplication and all those thousands of people were fed with just a few loaves and a few fish. So it doesn't take a lot of words, but just 
a few words spoken in faith. Glory to God. Now, I can't prove that's what he said, but like one guy said, you can't disprove it, so, so we're even. But be that as it may, that's probably what he said. Now, let's go on here. In Jerusalem, the week, the week that Jesus was arrested, you know, and then they crucified him, uh, you know, he, he was predicting that he, you know, he was going to go to the cross and all that and talking to his disciples and so forth. And, 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 and it's interesting, if you look at John 12, 28, as he was telling his disciples of his up, upcoming death that was going to happen there, he prayed, and here again in John 12, 28, he prayed a prayer, and it's a very short prayer. Again, you don't get heard by the Heavenly Father for your much speaking. You're better off to pray a short prayer in faith than a long, drawn-out prayer in doubt and unbelief, okay? You just, you just, you know, uh, you just are. But be that as it may, I'm trying to point out to you that what we have record of, other than John 17, where we're headed here in just a moment, if I can get there, Jesus' prayers that are recorded for us are pretty, pretty brief, pretty short. But notice here, he says, he says in John 12, 28, and you could read up above it to get the full context of it. He says this, Father, glorify your name. Now that's all he said. Now that you think about that. Now he, he didn't, I, I don't see where he bowed his head or lifted his eyes to heaven or he got down on his knees and put his hands together. He didn't pray a long drawn out prayer. He just said, Father, glorify, glorify your name. That's all he said. Father, glorify your name. That's all he said. <laughs> Is that it? That's, is that it? That's all he said. Then a voice came from heaven. See, you don't have to have a long drawn out prayer to get the heavenly father to, to talk back to you. <laughs> Glory to God. And he said, then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Glory to God. So you see, very short prayer, but got awesome results. And I think this, if you read on, I think this is where the, some of the people thought that, well, I think this is the case where, where, where uh, some of the people thought it had thundered or whatever, that, or an angel had spoken to Jesus, but, but it was the Heavenly Father responding to his prayer. So what do, we, what do we take away here? Again, I want to reiterate, you don't have to pray a long prayer to get God to answer you, okay? And then... Uh, I want to also say this, prayer is, I've said it before, but I want to repeat it. Prayer is a two-way communication with the Heavenly Father. Here we see Jesus talking to the Heavenly Father and him getting a response back. Now, I got to tell you, most, I say 99.99% of the time, you're not going to get a response back where the Heavenly Father speaks to you in an audible voice. He could, probably isn't going to. <laughs> but I mean, to the point where people think, thought it thundered or, or an angel had spoken. Well, <laughs> that's typically not going to happen. It happened here in this instance. Could happen. And, I, and it probably has happened to other people. I don't know for sure that it has, but it could. But, but, uh, but the point I want you to take away is that God answers prayer and he will answer you. Don't expect the audible voice to come blasting down from heaven, you know, but he'll, he will answer you. He will answer you through his written word. He'll answer you through a still small voice. He'll answer you through peace on the inside, those sorts of things. He can answer. Actually, he, God can speak to you in ways through other people. He can see, he can answer questions. I've had people, as I've been preaching over the years, I've had people come up to the door afterward when I was greeting at the door after I preached the message and they'd, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. They'd come up to me and they'd say, Pastor Terry, how did you know I was praying about that very thing that, and, and, and you spoke on it today and I got my answer. Well, 
I didn't know. I was just following the Holy Spirit and preaching my message. But you see, God, a lot of times he'll answer, answer your prayers through your, through your pastor's messages or other people's preaching and messages. Absolutely. He has a variety of ways of answering our prayers. Okay. So, but so take away from this that prayer doesn't have to be long. It can be short. And, uh, and it's a two-way communication with the Heavenly Father. Now go to John 17. Let's go to John 17. And this is, this is a long prayer that Jesus prayed. It's a long prayer. And I'm going to read through it because I think it's important. So, you know, let's go through this. And uh, let's look at this. John 17, the longest prayer that I'm aware of that Jesus prayed in the Bible. This was just this some short time before he went to to the Garden of Gethsemane and then was arrested and then eventually to the cross and then the resurrection after that. But but let's look at this prayer because we're talking here today about what Jesus said when he prayed. So let's go to John 17, uh, verse 1. The first five verses, he prays for himself. Is it okay to pray for yourself? Well, Jesus did call the prayer a petition. We talked about this earlier in the series. Look at uh, John 17, verse 1. Jesus spoke these word, words, lifted up his eyes to heaven. Uh, I mean, that, that keeps jumping out at me. How come we're, we're always bowing our heads and Jesus is lifting up his eyes to heaven? Something to think about, isn't it? Nothing wrong with bowing your head, but Jesus oftentimes lifted up his eyes. Anyway, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, now he's praying for himself. He said, Father, the hour is coming. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. As you, And you see, that was his heart that he could glorify his father. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you've given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So that's what he said. Now, normally, as I want to reiterate this, Jesus's prayers, the ones we have record of, were, were, were short. But now he's going to pray a long one. So there's nothing wrong with praying short ones, long ones. Either way is fine. They just need to be done in faith. Okay. So he prayed for himself. Then he switches in verse six and he starts praying the prayer of intercession. He prays for his 12 apostles. Now let's read, read this. He says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you've given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you for I have given to them the words which you have given me and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you and they have believed me that you that you and they have believed that you sent me I pray for them I do not pray for the world but for those whom you have given me so that's who he's praying for here for they are yours and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. See, what's God, what's God's is Jesus's, what Jesus's is God's, Jesus is God. You get what I'm saying, what, what's the Father's is the Son's, and what the Son's is the Father's. I mean, that's, all right, and, and the Holy Ghost also, glory to God, one God, three persons. Anyway, but here's what he said in his prayer. Now, verse 11, now, now I am no longer in the world. Because see, he's getting ready to go to the cross and leave the world. But he says, I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. See, he's reverencing his father's name. Keep 
uh, through your name, those whom you've given, those whom you've given me, that they may be one as we are one. That's something else we learn that Jesus wants unity. He wants unity among those who believe upon him. That's what he wants. That's what he's praying for. He says, while I was with them in the world, verse 12, because see, he's, he's, he's right at the end of his earthly ministry. He's going to be going to the cross here real soon. He said, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, uh, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And of course, he's talking there about Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. And, uh, but, but verse 13, but now I come to you in these things I speak in the world that they may have uh, my joy fulfilled in themselves. So he wants his apostles to have joy. He said again, verse 13, but now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. See, he wants them to be full of joy. And then he says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Verse 15, he says, I do not pray. Now I'll get a hold of this. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Glory to God. See, we learn a lot there. See, a lot of people always want God to keep them out of the, out of the problems of life. But he prayed right here. He said, I do not pray. See, for you to get away from the problems of life, you'd have to leave the world. <laughs> we all have the problems of life. He said, I do not pray that you take them out of the world. So he didn't pray that God, God would take us out of the world, but that God would keep us from the evil one. In other words, we're going to have trials and tribulations. He's, he's not praying that the Father would, would keep us from the trials and tribulations, but that through, but, but that through those trials and tribulations that we, that we would make it and come out, come out victorious on the other side. That's what he's saying right there. Glory to God. And, uh, so, so next time you, you know, you start to pray that God would keep you out of all the troubles of life. Don't, don't pray that because you're not going to get the answer you want to that because he's not going to keep you out of all the troubles of life. Jesus said another place in the world, you're going to have tribulation, but he's overcome the world and we'll, we have to go through some tribulation here in the world, some persecution. Absolutely. Bible says all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So, you know, but he'll keep you through it. Glory to God. So that's what he's saying here. Now look at verse 16. They are not of the world, talking about his disciples, his 12 disciples saved Judas, uh, Iscariot. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you've sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I uh, sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So that was his prayer for his disciples. Now he switches from that. See, that was a prayer of intercession. So he started out with a prayer of petition, then the prayer of intercession for his, his 11 apostles. Now he's going to start praying for you and me. The prayer of intercession. We remember we talked about the prayer of intercession. He's going to pray for you and me. So he's going to pray for you now and me. So let's listen up here. What did he say? Look at verse 20. John 17, 20. I do not pray for these alone, talking about his 11 apostles, but also for those who, who will believe in me through their word. Well, you and I, one way or another, we're believing on Jesus through the words of the, those 11 apostles. Absolutely, one way or another, the gospel came down from them to us. So now he's praying for you and me. If we're believers on Jesus, I am, or you, I trust that you are. Look at verse 21. He said, now here's what he's, he prays. 
that they all may be one. See, he wants unity in his body. He wants unity in his body. That's what he prayed for, till we all come into the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God. Did you know that prayer has not ultimately been answered yet? (laughs) And it's not because God the Father doesn't want it, because that's his will. Not because Jesus doesn't want it, he prayed it. It's because of the wills of men. Do you know how many Christian denominations fight among themselves and among one another and are not in unity of the faith. We're never going to agree on all the doc, the doctrinal, you know, all the, the things that are not heaven hell issues. But, but, uh, but, but yet people fight and fuss and argue over those things, you know, the, 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 the things that aren't heaven hell issues. And you see people in the same local church fighting and fussing over, over those sorts of things. And, and then amongst different denominations and, you know, that, that non-heaven hell issue th- stuff, those different issues of the Bible that are not heaven hell, we need to lay those aside and just be in unity one with another and agree on who Jesus is and walk in love towards one another. Now, Jesus prayed that that would happen. And, and, and it hasn't, from my observation, because I've watched over, over so many decades now, churches fussing among themselves and fussing with other churches of like and, and of different denominations, you know, and you know what I'm talking about? Churches, I'm talking churches that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but they're fussing over this, fussing over that and, and not walking in unity. It's not because God doesn't want it. The father doesn't want it. It's not because Jesus doesn't want it. It's because of the wills of men. God will not violate the wills of, of human beings. But that's a prayer that Jesus prayed that hasn't ultimately been answered yet. But I know this much about him. He's, he prayed that in faith. He's still standing in faith. And one day that prayer will ultimately be answered. I didn't have that in my notes, but that's good, I think. I know it is. And that, <laughs> that they all may be one as you, uh, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Now he's praying for you and me here now that they may uh, be one just as we are one. See, he wants us to be in unity. I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that they, uh, and that the world may know that you have sent me. See, he wants that unity. That's what he's praying for. He wants you and me to be in unity. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We may not agree on all the different non-heaven hell things. You know what I'm talking about? The not what's called non-essentials, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of the faith you know what I'm talking about but we have to agree on who Jesus is we may not agree on the rapture we may not agree on what country the antichrist arises from you know we 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 may not even agree on the on the way we ought to be water baptized we may not even agree on that but we have to agree on who G- we we probably we probably aren't going to agree on what temperature the room ought to be set set in the sanctuary or what color the wall ought to be we're probably not going to agree on that or what kind of carpet or whatever the case we're not going to agree on on those things you know whether they're biblical issues or just just you know living together issues but one thing we have to agree on is who Jesus is and once we agree on that we need he wants us to live in unity The Bible says how wonderful it is when brethren dwell together in unity. That's what the Father wants. That's what Jesus is praying for and believing for. Now let's cooperate with that prayer. What are you saying? Get along with one another. Anyway, and then he says something here. So he wants that unity. And then in verse 23, underline this in your Bible and and, and meditate on this. He says something that that jarred me the first time I heard it. And still I have to... (laughs) 
He said, he's praying to the Father and he's talking about you and me. And he says, and have loved them as you have loved me. He just said that the Father loves you and loves me as much as the Father loves Jesus. Now, the first time I heard that, I argued with that. And to tell you the truth, sometimes I still have to... But Jesus, just in his prayer there, said that the Heavenly Father loves you and me just as much as the Heavenly Father loves Jesus. We need to get a revelation of that. We need to walk in the fullness of that. I can honestly tell you, I don't always walk in the fullness of that. Oh, but he said it. He said it in his prayer. We need to walk in the fullness of that. The Heavenly Father loves you and me, just as much, every one who believes on Jesus, he loves all of us just as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus said so himself. So let's get that revelation and let's walk in the fullness of it. Oh, it'll set you free if you do from a lot of things. Praise God. Then he says, he's still praying for you and me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. Well, that's good. We're all, we're headed, we're headed that way. Glory to God. Whether it be through the grave or through the rapture. Praise God. Won't that be wonderful to be with the Lord that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. Won't that be something to see that? For you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous father. See, he's, he's back to the Lord's prayer there. You know, he's showing honor to the father's name and to the father. O righteous father, the world has not known you, but I've known you that these and these have known that you sent me and I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. And of course, he wants the love of God to dwell in us and by the love of God, we'll all know that we're truly his disciples. So praise God. So what did Jesus pray? What did he say when he prayed? Well, there you have 26 verses of it. Sometimes he prayed short prayers that we have record of. And this time he prayed 26 verses, 26 verses, a long prayer. Okay. And, you know, and, and, and when he was out in the wilderness praying, you know, I'm sure those were longer prayers. He didn't always just pray short prayers. I'm sure those were longer prayers. I, I, you know, I, I say I'm sure I would assume that different lengths. The lengths uh, doesn't really matter so much. Now, again, if we think we're going to be heard for a much speaking, now that's no good. But, but you know, sometimes long prayers, medium, long, short prayer, whatever, they need to be done in faith and in line with the Word of God. Anyway, but that's what some of the things Jesus said, and we can learn a lot from listening to Him pray. You know, you can learn a lot about people from listening to him pray. I can listen to people pray and pretty well locate where they are in their knowledge of the scripture and in their faith level, where they, where their faith level is. I, I mean, not, I'm not trying to, I don't do it judgmentally, but, but we can all do that. You can listen when I pray and pretty well tell, tell those things as well. You can tell a lot about a person by listening to him pray. Absolutely. You can. Anyway, now another time Jesus prayed, so that was a long prayer in John 17. Then another time he prayed was, and I'm trying to give these to you in order if you haven't realized it, but another time he prayed was in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, when he said, he said, Father, if there's any other way, you know, let this cup pass from me. But then he said, not my will be done, but thine and so forth. We covered that in an earlier session. So you can go back in the archives and, and get that. But that was a prayer of commitment and dedication, consecration. Already talked about that. So let's move on here for the sake of time. But let's go to the cross. Did you know Jesus? He, he's a person of prayer. And he prayed even from the cross. 
you know, um, he, he made, I believe, seven sayings from the cross that we have record of. And, 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 and a, a few of them were prayers. Now, notice this. Here in Matthew, tw- let's look at the prayers. In Matthew 27, 46, in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, what a lot of people don't realize, and you can imagine now in his agony from the cross, he's, he's, he's dying up there, and not only has he been beaten by the Roman soldiers and crucified, and that's from the natural side of it, but from the spiritual side of it, all the sins of mankind has been laid upon him. And not only that, all sickness and disease has been laid upon him. Can you imagine the agony he was going through? And he cries out and he says, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now I could preach on this for days. So I'm just going to stick with the parts that are pertinent to this message or we'll be here for days. And you, you don't want me to do that. I could do it, but you, you don't want me to do that right now. So, but, but what he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A lot of people don't realize that, well, let me say this first, just for this message. Let me say this first. Lesson we can learn here is when you're in a time of trouble and Jesus was in it, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's, Trouble as trouble can get right there. I mean, he wasn't in trouble. He was, he was agony. He was, he, he was in a very difficult situation to the most difficult you could be in. I mean, but that's why he was born. That's why he came to, to bury your sin and mine so we don't have to go to hell. Okay. I mean, that, that's what it was all about. <laughs> right. And, uh, ultimately, and, uh, so, so, I mean, at the lowest point somebody could possibly be, a lesson learned here is praying. So from my notes here, Jesus prayed in time of trouble. Absolutely. So let's, let, 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 let's, let's remember that. But something else I want to point out to you here that a lot of people don't realize when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was quoting this, the 22nd Psalm, Psalm 22, verse one, go look it up and read it. He was quoting that Psalm. He was praying that Psalm lesson we learn here. Uh, when you pray, and I've been teaching you this, but, but, but get it here. Jesus prayed the word of God. He declared the word of God. He prayed the word of God. You know, I believe there's a scripture in the Old Testament where God says, hold me in remembrance of my word. Not that God forgets, but that's what he said do. Hold me and put me in remembrance. So, you know, so we need to pray the word of God. And that's what Jesus was doing here. So what did Jesus say when he prayed? Well, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But you can understand that no other man's ever been in that, that position where he had all the sins of mankind laid upon him, bearing them for, for all mankind. And then on top of that, all the sickness and disease, my gracious. And then from the cross, he also prayed this. John, uh, this is uh, Luke 23, 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Now you think about that. Oh my goodness. Now that's what he, we're talking about what he said. What did he say? Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Well, that goes back. That goes back to what we started with the Lord's prayer for, you know, forget you know, we, we should for, uh, well, how did he say it? He said, uh, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
So Jesus is for his, you can see he's, he's putting into practice what he's preaching. He prays for their forgiveness. What did he say? He's got forgiveness on his, on his heart. And you think about that. My goodness, if he can, if, if our Lord can forgive and have a heart of forgiveness about him towards the people that he said that about, <laughs> huh? Can't we forgive folks for what they, the piddly things they've done to us compared to that? And then in his final breath from the cross, which we all ought to remember this, in his final breath from the cross, Luke 23, 46, when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, what did he say? Into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. We, we need to remember that. That's, that's the last thing that, that, that I want to say. If, if the rapture doesn't take place in my lifetime and I, and I die a physical death, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, into your hands, I commit my spirit. That's a good way to go out, isn't it? Glory to God. Praise God. That's what he said. Glory to God. Well, teaching you some things Jesus said. Actually, not just some things. Unless I missed something, I think we're getting them all. I mean, that the Bible gives us. Okay. But let me close with this. Go to Luke 24 to his ascension. And then we'll close just a couple more minutes. Uh, Luke 24, 50, and he led them out as far as Bethany. Now, this was after he died on the cross and was raised from the dead. And this is, this is, you know, someday, some time later, he's going to ascend up to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father, where he is right now. But this is when he ascended. He led them out, Luke 24, 50, he led them out as far as Bethany, lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now, he lifted up his hands and blessed the disciples that were there. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And the book of Acts tells us up, he went up a cloud, a, a cloud took him up. And uh, so we know he lifted his hands and we know he blessed them and it was a prayer of blessing as, as I see it. But we don't know exactly what he prayed. We don't know exactly what he prayed. I, I don't know. The Bible doesn't record it. But I can tell you as I close this message what he probably said. What he probably said was the priestly blessing. And you can find that number six, the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, number six, verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, and this is what Jesus probably said. He raised his hands. I'm not dogmatic. He might not have said this, but he probably did. The Lord bless you and keep you. Now, I know he is the Lord, but he's talking about the Heavenly Father here. He's, you know, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Glory to God. And he was, he was ascended up seated at the right hand of the Father, where he is today, ever living to make intercession, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, for you and me, so he's still in heaven at the right hand of the Father, still praying for us, even as I speak. Glory to God. But that's probably what he said when he ascended. We are talking about what did Jesus say when he prayed. And I hope this has been a blessing to you. 
And, uh, and he's our example, so follow his example, right? Praise God. Well, I hope this blessed you. Uh, next week, I'm going to continue with this. Uh, uh, we'll do one more session on prayer, and then we'll go from there. So uh, and see how the Lord leads and directs. So one more session next week on prayer. Now, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, repent of your sins, receive him as your Savior, call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So call on Jesus Call on his name and receive him into your heart just like you'd receive somebody into your house. You'll get born again. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. He'll make your life worth living in the meantime. And I'm going to leave you today with what Jesus probably said to his apostles when he was taken up. And I'm going to say the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Jesus loves you. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.